following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. This episode is going to be coming to you guys on Monday, January 29th. It's Josh Dunn, joined tonight by Dan Bauer. Dan, just me and you tonight, buddy. I'm happy to hear you sound much less nasally than our Friday show, so glad you're coming back for us. Yeah, powering through, uh, definitely closer to 100% than I was on Friday, absolutely. I'm glad it's noticeable, (laughs) meaning that it was very noticeable on Friday's show. Um, But we've got a few things to get to tonight, kind of a light weekend as far as sports news goes. Uh, First thing we wanted to touch on was a couple of key injuries that took place in the NBA the most notable of the two being Boogie Cousins uh, of the New Orleans Pelicans. And uh, he's going to be out for the year. It looks like he's going to have surgery on his Achilles uh, that he ruptured and uh, is going to miss six to ten months. So that's a huge injury um, that Boogie's going to be down, especially we talked about uh, the the Pelicans. I brought them up on a couple of shows just because they've kind of been pulling things together and looked like they were going to be a playoff-caliber team and had uh, been rattling off some big wins. So Boogie goes down. Um, he was obviously an all-star. He was uh, playing with LeBron in the all-star game. Paul George was picked to uh, be the person that's going to replace him in the all-star game, which I, I think that's good for Paul George. He was one of the snubs that we had talked about that, you know, was a good name. He probably toward the top of the list for defensive player of the year this, this year. He's leading the league in steals. Uh, but, but that's extremely difficult to see with Boogie going down, especially the year he's been having. Uh, some of the statistics you see him putting up, when he has, you know, 40 and 20 games, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, so sad to see Boogie go down because of the season that he was having. Won't be hearing his name, I assume, in you know, a lot of the trade rumors that uh, his name's been coming up in. The other big injury uh, was uh, out of the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. Uh, Roberson goes down with a torn patellar tendon, uh, obviously one of their key role players. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how Oklahoma City rallied around uh, the stars that they have, their big three, so to speak, obviously with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, so we'll see how they end up doing. They had a big win tonight, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Uh, but just those injuries were, were big enough and important enough that I thought they made sense to touch on. Um, you know, you've, you've probably been watching a little bit of Cousins this year. I, I know uh, you're not the, the NBA expert on the show, but uh, any thoughts there when you see two big names like that go down here this late in the season? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you obviously think about is how big of an impact it's going to have on a playoff run. And like you said, uh, from a trade perspective, you know, a couple pieces that you know would have made sense. Do you think either of those guys were going to get moved um, getting towards the end of the season, or do you think they're both going to stay put? Well, I mean, I think Andre Roberson was definitely uh, going to be a, on the Oklahoma City Thunder for the for the season. I don't, I didn't, I don't really think they were looking to make any any big moves towards the trade deadline. But Bookie Cousins, I mean, his name was getting talked about in a lot of blockbuster, you know, 
potential trades. The Cavs being a name that was thrown out there a couple times, so obviously me hearing that was something that I kept an eye on. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Now to the Oklahoma City Thunder, do they become a team that maybe needs to go out and make a trade? Because, you know, Andre Roberson's not, he's, he's not, uh, you know, a big name guy, but he's definitely a key role player. Um, you know, gets, he gets big buckets. He's a really good defender. He's long. Uh, so I think that uh, when you have a key role player like that go down, it does pose the question to a team like Oklahoma City, who's who's one eight straight, and uh, they're going to definitely be a contender here in the Western Conference. So do they go out and try to trade for uh, an additional role player with a key injury like that? That's that's something you want to look at. And then on the Pelican side, do they try to stay relevant this season by trading away, uh, you know, some of their maybe not so big name guys and bringing somebody in to, to make them better, or maybe they now feel like what they were going to do before they started getting relevant, which is maybe unload one of their stars. Is Anthony Davis now going to be back on the trade block, uh, if, if, as if he ever were? Um, so it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely impactful for both teams, especially those teams that are competing for playoff spots and and hopefully a long deep run in the playoffs. Um, but uh, it remains seen how much will be done to replace those two key players. Um, but with that, I mean, we will talk a lot more about NBA. We've got the All-Star Game coming back, uh, coming up here very soon. The trade deadline will be approaching shortly thereafter. Uh, and obviously, we keep a close eye on the Cavs, being that we're both fans there. So uh, more to come, but uh, tough to see for Boogie Cousins and Andre Roberson, uh, and uh, hopefully a speedy recovery for both of them. Uh, wanted to go and move to NFL talk, and particularly draft talk. Uh, the Senior Bowl has obviously been... Uh, something we've been keeping an eye on, and I know you especially have been keeping an eye on it along with Anshu. So a uh, couple notes there. Did you want to bring us through uh, some of the key things that you saw? Over Happy to, Josh. Uh, I think I'll start with uh, we'll go position by position. So biggest running back story of the weekend is uh, Ben Albright actually tweeted out that Saquon Barkley, uh, based on the teams that he had talked to, is not going to go as high as some of the media has been reporting. And, uh, you know, me as a Browns fan, obviously a lot of look at that first and fourth pick and what they do and whether Barkley goes there. But at least according to Albright, you know, he is more looking like going to slide into that latter half of the top 10, uh, maybe early teens. So, you know, kind of a big, you know, big story that isn't getting as much attention, you know, potential number one pick maybe now, you know, falls into the teens. You know, what's your take, Josh, on, drafting running backs that high, are you completely opposed to it? Or is Saquon Barkley good enough that you, you know, you kind of uh, ignore that unwritten rule of not taking a running back that high? Well, I don't, I, I know that the running back positions changed and, you know, this is something that you and I and you have talked about off the air as well, is that the running back position is not what it used to be where you have, you know, guys playing into their, well into their thirties. Nowadays, you know, the average running backs in a league for, I think it's two years. So, you know, these guys, you know, they're, they're not shouldering as much of a heavy workload as they have in years past. And you have a lot of faulty back um, backfields where you have two or three guys that are shouldering the load that one guy may have, may have done 10 years ago. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that I would shy away if I'm a GM or if I'm a coaching staff from a running back that early on. I mean, you look at guys like Leonard Fournette, uh, even, you know, Dalvin Cook last year, uh, this past year, I should say, uh, for Minnesota before he gets injured. I mean, he's he's having an amazing year in Minnesota. Uh, so, and he was taken in the second round. Joe Mixon obviously took a while to get going, but toward the end of the season, and he had issues that contributed to that as well. But I, I don't I don't think I shy away from that that early in the draft if I feel like he's my guy and if I feel like he's as much of a game changer as some experts, I guess you could say, 
coin him as, but I definitely think that, you know, when you look at the running backs in this draft, I think Saquon is looked at as head and shoulders above the rest of them. So if you're in need of a running back as a team, I'm going to go get him if I want him. If if he's really a guy that I absolutely want and I'm in need of a a star stud running back, you know, I'm I'm taking Saquon Barkley as as early as I need to to make sure he's on my team. And I'm the same way with it. I think Saquon is just such a special talent that you have to take him. I think he's, you know, that Adrian Peterson type talent where you just absolutely can't pass up on it, even though this is going to be, you know, probably the best running back draft in the past 10 years or so, just from front, you know, top to bottom. Uh, You know, I think you do it. But moving on to some other potential number one picks, uh, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield both play in the Senior Bowl this weekend. Baker obviously didn't play very much, uh, only seven attempts, uh, so not too noteworthy on his actual play to talk about. But uh, no one's really questioning how good of a quarterback he is. It's more about, you know, the, the Johnny Manziel comparisons, the attitude. But all reports coming out of the Senior Bowl is he comes off as very professional, very poised, a very smart kid, and his draft stock is, is rapidly rising. So as someone who's liked Baker from the from the get-go and who, you know, if the Browns are going to take a quarterback, I want him to take Mayfield. That has been a very encouraging thing to read over the past couple of days. The other potential top pick, Josh Allen, uh, plays uh, you know a pretty significant portion. It uh, goes nine for 13, 158 yards, two TDs, and you know made some great throws, but also just whipped on a couple of deep balls uh, where he was putting about 10, 15 yards away from a receiver. And again, all reports coming out saying he's a project. He's a couple of years. You know his mechanics are just terrible. You know he's got the frame. He's got everything you want. You know if you're building the guy's height, weight, arm strength in a Madden video game, but just mechanically not there and going to be a project. So uh, he didn't really help himself very much on that front. And uh, the final little quarterback note uh, is uh, Kyle Lallotta, the quarterback from Richmond, also had an extremely good game. He goes 8 for 12 with three TDs, and he's looking like a mid-round pick, uh, you know, third, fourth round, something like that. Um, so kind of keep an eye out for him if you're not paying too much attention to NFL draft stuff. Uh, Lallotta is a guy that you're going to start hearing a lot about. Um, you know, Josh, going back to, you know, the Josh Allen versus Baker Mayfield, anything change in your mind on those two guys from what you, you either watch or what you read over the weekend? Well, I would agree that Baker probably in my eyes is the better of the two. If you want somebody who's going to be able to compete now, uh, I disagree with you though, that Josh Allen didn't do anything to help himself. I think he, he started slow in the game, but in the second half, he came back out, started the second half and he ended up being uh, finishing the game nine to 13 for 158 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I think I agree with you that Josh Allen's going to be a project, but as far as draft stock, I mean, I think, I think the problem right now with Josh Allen is what Mel Kuyper did. And he created a lot of buzz that Josh Allen is a top five worthy quarterback. And I, I just, I don't agree with that. And I think the consensus around Josh Allen was never that until Mel Kuyper, who for whatever reasons, opinion is, is important to everybody. He's been doing it for so long, thought that he was worthy of the number two pick. I, I disagree with that. I always thought he was kind of a mid first round to, to end of the first round and maybe even early second round kind of a quarterback. And at that position, I think, he did do a little bit to help himself, especially after he started the week slow. I mean, you heard a lot of talk about him being able to hit NFL-type throws early on in Senior Bowl week. Uh, but as the week went on, he started to bounce back a little bit. And it, it was kind of, uh, you know, a microcosm in that game of him having a slow start to the game and then coming out in the second half and uh, throwing two touchdowns. So 
I think he did a little bit to help himself. If I were, if you were to, you know, pose the original question of who would I prefer to have, well, I'd take Baker Mayfield if I'm a needs a quarterback to contribute now and possibly be in the starting lineup at some point during the season. So interesting, you mentioned Mel Kiper in there, uh, and also that you use the word microcosm uh, because I have something for the microwave uh, regarding Mel Kiper that I saw <laughs> this weekend. So um, Lawrence Jackson came out. Uh, and said this was uh, today, actually Sunday, uh, when we were recording, that you know the quote was, Mel Kuyper has greased pockets. That's why the big board always has some what with one, two, three, four, five A's in their names. Uh, I had an agent promise to get me atop his big board. So, you know, this is something we've talked about, the Mel Kuyper just hyping up players. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when Josh Allen first, uh, you know, got mentioned as a top pick when Kuyper put his big board out. And I was just livid about it. And, you know, I'm not surprised at all. I don't think you're surprised. But, um, you know, do you want to microwave this a little bit? Let me hear your thoughts on your Mel Kuyper feelings because I roasted him a couple weeks ago. Uh, so how about your turn to throw 90 seconds on the clock and let us hear what you got? Yeah, I think for me, and I agree with you, and I, I would I would roast him as well in saying that, you know, Mel Kuyper, he, he's not a He's never been a football guy. He's never been, you know, somebody that has been in the game. You know, he's never coached the game. Um, I think when you look at, you know, how how you rank these players, every team's going to have scouts and coaching staffs that see things a little bit differently. And I just don't put a ton of stock in what Mel Kuyper says. Um, and when you hear stories like the one that you just mentioned of, you know, there maybe being some, uh, you know, not so above water stuff going on uh, with Mel Kuyper as far as his big board, it makes it even more uh, skeptical for me. So I, I don't put a ton of stock into what he says to begin with, but when, you know, when you have the largest sports network in the world, you know, using his opinion as their primary draft information, it's difficult to just throw it under the rug. So I, I kind of see both sides of it. It's relevant because they make it relevant, but I don't put a ton of stock into what he says. And I never really, I never really even, took that Josh Allen thing in particular seriously because I just don't think Josh Allen is worthy of a number two pick, and I agree with you there. Um, so I don't know if you had any additional thoughts. I know you've been kind of heated up about Kuiper over the last couple of weeks anyway, but was there was there anything you wanted to add there? Uh, I would just like to add that you were perfectly uh, – well, six seconds left on the microwave there, so good, good timing. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I just – the Kuiper stuff, and for so many years, it's just gotten progressively worse. I mean, there was a time where he was getting every draft, not every draft prediction right, but he was a lot more correct than he is now. And, you know, maybe it is because he's no longer really relying as much on his true opinion and what he thinks and what his analysis says and more about what agent is, you know, slipping him some cash, uh, you know, right before the draft to say, hey, make sure you put my guy here, I mean, we've seen boards, and you know, we talked about this a couple shows ago when his initial board came out of saying, "Let's not too much put too much stock in this because we still got a long time." I mean, these boards move and they change, and all of a sudden, you know, whether it's him or McShay, things are moving all over the place. And you know, obviously, I don't want to impute McShay on this too, but you know, this is a pretty good explanation as to why some of this craziness goes on. Yeah. It's a lot of you about, you know, nothing as far as how relevant those those 
predictions of where who's going to go where in the big boards and how often they change. I mean, it's such a moving target that it's, it's like being a weatherman, really, in my opinion. You know, you're you're a meteorolo- meteorologist and uh, you predict the weather, and if it's wrong, you continue to do your job. That's that's kind of how I see Mel Kiper in time of day. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> but, uh, to any meteorologists out there. We do value value your work. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not, not not trying to take it away the relevancy of the job, but it, it's a job where you're not going to be in too much trouble if you're wrong more often than you're right. So uh, I wish my job worked that way sometimes, but unfortunately it doesn't. Um, I know it's a light show tonight. Was there any other topics you wanted to, to throw in kind of last minute before we go to our Oh, by no, the way? I think we should kick it to your Oh, by the way. Yeah, I'll start us off. So I was going to do Oklahoma City, and I just want to remind everyone of my initial thoughts on Oklahoma City. So they are an eight-game win streak. It's the longest active streak in the NBA. Uh, big win today against Philadelphia, back-and-forth game until the end when Russell Westbrook came in and, and kind of shut things down for the Sixers. He ended up with 37, 2014 assists, nine rebounds. Paul George added another 30. Um, so I also mentioned Paul George getting into the All-Star game now to replace Brooks Cousins. But uh, since I talked a little bit about that earlier, I wanted to throw one more out there. The uh, Pro Bowl was today, and uh, no one really cares about the Pro Bowl anymore. But the uh, AFC, it was a kind of a uh, fun ending to the game. The AFC ended up winning after a uh, fumble recovery by Vaughn Miller and uh, then ended up uh, a touchdown pass uh, Derek Carr to Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker with two touchdowns in the game ended up getting the offensive MVP and um, Ron Miller with the defensive MVP there. So uh, our AFC won this year, 24 to 23. Again, no one really seems to watch it anymore, but uh, it's always the week before the Super Bowl. So I figured I'd throw that out there uh, because the Super Bowl this year to me has got two teams that I just could not care less about. So that's my oh, by the way. What do you have tonight? Uh, so a little bit of baseball news. We didn't really have much of it this weekend. Uh, Diamondbacks agreed to terms with uh, reliever Naftali Felice. Uh, so good little addition for them, bolster their bullpen a little bit. Um, should be a fun little team to keep an eye on next year uh, in terms of another playoff run. Um, so they get a little bit better. But, yeah, very, very cold stove weekend uh, after a very hot Thursday night uh, in the baseball world. Yeah, and I think that's the sports world as a whole really right now. Uh, so a lot a lot of stories we're keeping our eyes on, but uh, it was a light weekend as far as news goes. Um, but we we will always be here with what, whatever we have to give you guys. So for our Monday show, that's going to do it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, guys, and uh, we'll catch you on the Wednesday show. So for Dan Bauer, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers. See you next time.